morning. Just a few things I would like to say before we uh, turn to God's word. But uh, I was thinking about when I met um, Pastor Sean. He was not a pastor. I think he was at Calvin uh, Seminary, the college or the seminary, but he didn't wasn't married, no children, and now I think there's, what, three children? Praise the Lord, and he's the pastor of the church, and just thinking about uh, Noah, uh, we met um, maybe four years ago, three or four years ago, and I just want you to know that I moved from uh, being a friend to uh, this morning in our prayer time together downstairs, I was uh, called uh, an honorary, uh, honorary member. So I'm an honorary member now of Creston. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. What an honor. And uh, I just want to say that uh, the, uh, when the offering was uh, being received, uh, there's a young man with, a, he's a boy really, with the black one. I think he's sitting right back there. He was so excited about serving. I hope that you continue to allow your young children to participate in your service. I just wished I had a dollar in my purse, but I didn't. He was so excited to, to receive our offerings. I wanted to give, and, and oh, what a blessing that was. So um, I am glad to be here this morning. I work in the Christian Reformed Denominational uh, Office. I serve uh, as the Director of Leadership Development as it relates um, specifically to uh, women. And I'm sorry, Oh, I thought someone said something to me. Uh, but, um, but you can talk back if you like. That's okay. <laughs> Amen. It won't, it won't bother me at all. <laughs> so, uh, so specifically with women and uh, ethnic uh, minority leaders. And this is a very new ministry of about um, uh, two years. And so we're trying to uh, connect with uh, women leaders and minority uh, leaders to ensure that uh, they are supported and connected with a denomination in which most uh, don't have uh, roots with. So um, you can pray for our ministry and even for our denomination. So why don't you turn with me in your Bibles to uh, Hebrews. That's where we're going to be. Uh, Hebrews, the um, 11th chapter. Hebrews the 11th chapter. And this uh, message is entitled, uh, Stay the Course. And uh, I celebrate also with uh, Ken and Sue as they celebrate their 50th wedding anniversary. This message is called what? Stay the Course. You've stayed the course. And I've never been married before, but I know marriage comes with many challenges, ups and downs, but you stayed the course. So we praise God. Amen? Amen. And also for your family members that are here this morning. So in, um, as I think about um, bringing uh, God's word this morning, I pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts I think uh, this message is very critical for today. We're living in a time where, as uh, I believe there's been a spirit of fear, uh, uncertainty, and doubt inflicted on the body of Christ. And I pray that this message will encourage us this morning. So I believe, let me ask, ask you this question. 
uh, to those who are followers of Jesus Christ, as you think about some of your friends, relatives, and maybe uh, uh, people you work with who are followers of Jesus Christ, but because of certain circumstances that came into their life, they are moving away from Christianity. They're moving away from following Jesus Christ. And for those who may not be followers of Christians, uh, be followers of Jesus Christ, now I ask you that same question. Do you know Christians, do you know followers of Jesus Christ who have moved away from the church or moved away from God's word? I think we heard a testimony like that this morning, God's story. I think we heard that this morning. There are some Christians who are moving away from the faith. Well, I pray that this message will speak to us. And if we know individuals that maybe there's something in in God's word or in this message that we could share with them to help encourage them along the way. Because today's passage teaches us that through the examples of the joy and struggle of living by faith. Can you say the joy and struggle? Say that with me. The joy and struggle of living by faith. Church, let's say living by faith. faith. Yeah, so there's joy and struggle in living by faith. That, That is the Christian walk. That is the cost of discipleship is that there is joy and there's also struggle. It's It's not easy. It is not easy. And I, I love Hebrews because um, it, it was actually, Hebrews was actually written to a mixed audience, um, uh, those who were Jewish, but also Jewish Christians, but as well as non-Jewish Christians. And it, 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 it cites a lot of the Old Testament history, and we'll see that as we look further. But um, uh, there's, there's so many rich um, images that are in Hebrews, uh, Jesus being the high priest. We learn a lot about Sabbath and about better than or greater than, better than Moses, greater than Moses, better than angels, Jesus Christ. Yes, so, so there's a lot of rich um, themes. Another theme in uh, Hebrews is faith, faith, faith. So um, let's, let's, let's go to 12, uh, 11. In verse 20, 29, it says, By faith, people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, The prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who disobeyed. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised 
to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and frogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes and in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Verse in chapter 12, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Have you ever been at a place in life where as you were weary and ready to throw in the towel? Ready to throw in the towel. Well, that's, that's who this message is speaking to today. At the time, um, even, uh, let me say this, that I was looking at your website at your mission, and I'm just going to read it here and make a connection. But that Creston Church is becoming an intentional community of disciples, living in Christ all together with our neighbors to follow Jesus in every part of life. That's wonderful. As we think about this message, this message is about, is about living a life of faith. And when I read your mission, um, there is a sense of that you have not arrived. Is that right? We are becoming. Is that, is that right? So even as we think about uh, living a life of faith, we, it's a process we continue to live that life of faith and learn what it is and for that to be applied in our, in our, in our lives. So when we uh, look at, we heard uh, God's reading, we heard God's word, the reading of God's word, and um, the disciples of Jesus during that time in the world were tempted to stop living by faith. They were tempted to stop living by faith. In chapter 2, in verse 1, it says, we, it's, it's saying, there's a warning here to pay attention. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard. Why? so that we will not drift away. So there was a tendency for the people to, be, uh, to, to drift away from the faith because of uh, social pressures, because of non-believers 
um, persecuting them. And then also in chapter 3, in verse 12, it says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened in sin's deceitfulness. So there was that tendency to fall away because of the pressure of, of, of peers or those who, um, that have been around them. But there was also a sin of unbelief. And uh, that, that was what was going on at the time. And so that is what the author, and, and some we don't really know who was the author of Hebrews. Some believe it was Paul. But they do know that whoever wrote um, uh, Hebrews had uh, some instruction under the Apostle Paul. And so the point is, is that there is, was a warning to them that these things, unbelief, would cause them to keep, to, to leave their post and to not stay on the journey, to not stay on the course. In Hebrews, it, uh, as we read the passage, it talks about a race. Uh, during that time, there were uh, Olympian races, and they were uh, widely celebrated, even as sports are celebrated today. But the whole intent of the runner is that the runner did not had to take off everything that hindered them from running, that held them down. And so even in those days, that there was that tendency, as we think about race, you, you, want, you want to win in a race, but what the author of Hebrews is saying is warning them the unbelief and turning from the things that you've heard, turning from the things that you know are true, will keep you from winning the race. And so the disciples of Jesus' day, even as we think about today, we are also tempted. We are tempted to not live by faith. And that comes through um, pressures, cultural pressures. It comes through peer and social pressures. There's a lot of pressure on us today. It's, we're living in days like I've never seen before in my lifetime. I'm talking about even as a Christian. In fact, I was um, just the other day, I, I was looking at uh, the internet and I saw this article and it's called, Are Christians Breaking Up? And it's talking about relationship. Are Christians breaking up with the Bible? So in other words, are we turning away from what the Bible teaches? And just, just basically what the article was saying is that uh, when it comes to the Bible, we are illiterate. We are not reading the Bible as we should. We are not practicing what God says in its word. And it's also saying that we're, we're uh, letting go some of those things perhaps we even believed. We no longer believe that they are true. It, it, and the third thing I remember it saying is that we're not going to church. We know these things, right? There, there, there are things happening that are different in the body of Christ uh, today than what they have been in the past. So there's a tendency to 
follow the culture instead of following Christ. A tendency to follow the culture instead of following Christ. And sometimes we don't know what is what. And so the whole point is that we need to get back into God's word and ask the Holy Spirit. So we have challenges even ourselves. There's anxiety in the system today. The individuals have anxiety because of things that are happening in, in life, not only in the individual's life, but in our homes, in our churches. I've been to some churches where there's, the anxiety is high. There's fear because certain things have changed. They're not like they used to be. And we have no idea what the future is like, but we don't have any idea what the future holds anyway. Only our God does. But there's some anxiety that is there. So the disciples of Jesus Christ, meaning us, we are tempted. We are tempted to live by something else instead of living by faith. Living by faith. You know, in fact, I'm to the point, I, I had a habit of watching uh, the news at night. That was a practice for years, the late night news. I don't do that anymore because there's so much negativity. There's so much division and confusion in, in, the, in this United States and even all other places in the world. I don't want that on my mind when I go to sleep so I can have a good night's rest. Is there an amen? Yes. <laughs> amen. So um, when we think about this text too, um, the Lord never leaves us without hope. There, there's hope. There's lots of hope in this passage where the writer uh, encourages and he exhorts them. He does that through the testimonies of those who had gone before, who had gone before, who was actually uh, receiving this message. So even if we go back to chapter 11, uh, it starts out with by faith and it's talking about creation. And by faith, it just names the different um, uh, early fathers. By faith, God's leaders, how God allowed them to do the impossible. And then we began with uh, 29, where it talks about God's people. He opened the Red Sea so they could go through. By faith, the impossible things were done. By faith. And, and, and that should be very uh, encouraging to, uh, to us. He recalls, the writer recalls, uh, the heroes of faith, uh, those who by faith, they can't conquer things that they could not do on their own, but it's because God gave them the ability that God, by his power, was working through them, around them, and, and for them. And if you notice in this um, list here of the heroes of faith, we, we have a woman, you know, uh, even as you think about uh, history, God used young people. He, 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 uh, uh, you, you, he used young people, uh, uh, women, and, and uh, there, there are various kinds of leaders that are mentioned in here, but it was by faith. So God's faith is available. It is available uh, to all. And so in this passage in particular, the church is encouraged that when we are tempted to not live by faith, it specifically says that there are a couple things that we need to do, actually three, but I'm going to mention two right now. And um, chapter 12. And whenever we see this therefore, we always need to look at what's ahead. So we see a therefore in chapter 12, verse 1, that therefore, and it's alluding to 
all these people who live by faith and what God accomplished in their lives. But it says, since we have, we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. Then it says, let us. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders. Every, throw off everything that hinders. It's not talking about sin here. What it's talking about is attitudes and behaviors that weigh us down. I believe um, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes there could be someone who has mistreated us, and we hold on to it, and it, re- it literally weighs us down. I've even seen people who have had something happen in their lives, and, you, and they're walking like this because it's holding them down. And this passage is teaching that we need to let go of those things. We can't do it on that on our own. I can remember someone said something to me some years ago, and I was, I was very mature, by the way. They said something to me that hurt me so bad. I, it's almost like I to feel it all on the inside. I was so hurt that I had to go home, and it, and it wasn't late at night, but I went home and I, I went to bed because it hurt me so much. And I had to preach the next day, by the way. But The point being is that when we live by faith and when we practice what the Word of God tells us to do, where it says to throw those things off, to take everything off that hinders us, we will pray and we will even ask other people to pray for us so that we don't have to be weighed down by those things. Sometimes they could be they can be attitudes and habits that we have acquired over the years. And, and the Holy Spirit will make us aware of those things, but we have a choice. We have a choice to either yield to the Spirit or continue to be who we are. Oh, boy, this is good. This is good. Because I know there's some, sometimes there are things I want to hold on to, but they actually hold me back from experiencing the fullness of what God wants to do in, through, and around me. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I have been in some meetings, and maybe I've been guilty of it myself, but sometimes people come in with attitudes, and they don't know that the enemy is using them to distract the meeting so that you cannot accomplish what needs to be done. So in this passage, it's teaching us that's not, see, that's not living by faith when we're, when act, we're acting like that. But it's to let those things go. Like I used to tell the kids when they come in with little attitude, shake it off. Shake it off before you come in here. Because a lot of messiness occurs when that happens. Is there an amen? I know that's good. I know that's good. And then the second thing, he says, let us. It says, let us. Let me look here because I looked at a couple of different translations in my, in my mind. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Sin. We all sin, right? We, we all sin. But the point being is let's not ignore it. We, this is something that's been going on when we're in entangled. We, we've been entangled in it for a length of time. And it's saying here, to throw it off. And we can't, some things we sin we're involved in, we can't get out of it by ourselves. I'm, I'm being honest with you here, but we need the Holy Spirit to help us. Sometimes we put our finger on certain sin and we think it's worse than something over here, but sin is sin. And, and when the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us, he will convict us. And we have a choice 
to listen to him or ignore him. And I, I used to tell people this is what happens. The spirit will knock gently and we don't listen. And it gets louder because he's trying to get our attention. And we have to keep in mind that Jesus has called us into this race. We are winners. He set us on this path, this course, and he wants us to finish well. And he wants us to deal with those things in our lives that are holding us back. And so I think now we need to go to the Heidelberg Confession for just a minute because I wanted to see what the Heidelberg Confession says about faith. Question number 21, what is faith? I'm glad you asked. Here's the answer. True faith is not only a sure knowledge by which I hold as true all that God has revealed to us in Scripture. It is also a wholehearted trust which the Holy Spirit creates in me by the gospel that God has freely granted not only to others but to me also, forgiveness of sin, eternal righteousness, and salvation. These are the gifts of sheer grace granted solely by Jesus, Jesus' merit. Faith comes from God. It's not anything we can do on our own. In fact, in chapter 11, it says, without it, it's impossible to please God. I, I want to illustrate faith to you. Uh, there, um, I, I had a home in Detroit uh, where I lived, and had a nice little kitchen window, and I remember I, I would wash dishes and look out the window, and there were two little boys, maybe about eight or nine years old, that lived next door, and, and uh, there were some, um, there was some uh, log, tree logs that uh, was sort of like decoration uh, at one of the homes, and I watched the, one of those little boys that, and um, he, he moved from, first of all, he looked at the logs, and then he got on one, and he took a leap to the next one. But before he uh, leaped to, there was, there was some space in between those logs, perhaps even a, a yard or so. But before he took his second uh, jump, he actually turned around. And in my imagination, I'm thinking, that he's turning around to see how far he's come and where he had to jump from. And he did not take that second jump until he turned around. And when he took that second jump, he didn't fall. And then he was about to take the third, well, he actually took the third jump. He didn't turn around that next time. He just jumped. That's what faith is like. And I have stories in my own life, and I believe you have stories in your own life, is that sometimes we, something can happen in our life and, or God will ask us to do something, and there might be some nervousness, maybe even some doubt or unbelief there. But then we trust him because we know he is faithful, and we make that leap. And then the next time he gives us something to do, we will do it. We might look back, and we might think back, well, I remember when he brought me through such and such. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And then the third time he has us to do something or some situation come in our life, we just trust him. We are 
becoming stronger and stronger as we live a life of faith. But we have to make a choice not to allow things to weigh us down. And we have to deal with the sin in our lives. I know of churches that need to deal with the sin in the church. So I love your mission. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Stay the course, Creston. Stay the course. And we have to keep our eyes, keep our eyes on Jesus. And that's, that's what it says here in um, the 12th chapter. And it says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. He's already marked out the race for us. We don't have to be concerned with what happens to us in life. He already knows. And he says to run with perseverance, to, with steadfastness. Run, run, run. And then he says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. That, 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 that's, what, that's, what, that's what's really important, that we fix our eyes on Jesus. And he is the beginner. He's the one who began our faith, and he's going to end it. He's the pioneer, and he is the perfecter of our faith. That's good. Let me go back to one thing before I come to a close here. Talks about that great cloud of witnesses. Can't you see them? That great cloud of witness witnesses all over the Olympia Stadium. Champions cheering the runners on. I have them in my own life. You have them. Champions who are telling you not to quit, who are even saying to you, you need to let this kind of attitude go because God has more for you. Champions who are saying you need to take care of this thing in your life. Champions, we have champions in our lives. Not long ago, I watched the uh, ESPYs. I'm not in the sports, as you might know, but, but I, for some reason, I caught that on TV. That's where they recognize those who have successfully uh, completed certain sports activities, you know, runners and football, basketball, and all of those. But I was so impressed when I, when I uh, saw um, just how teams work together and how there were uh, these cloud of witnesses. There were some who in the day, like currently, who have been very successful in whatever sport it was, but then they flashed on the screen or in the audience that gray cloud of witnesses. The one I remember in particular was Bill Russell, who I believe was a basketball player. He's up in age now. But those, that gray cloud of witnesses were there, champion, and saying, keep on doing what you're doing. But you know, we have even, you have some of those people in your life, don't you? Some of those people who are encouraging you, maybe it's even your spouse, your children, your friends, those you work with, we, God will put them in our lives. Yes, he will do that. He will do that. But we have a great, a great champion. That great champion is Jesus Christ. He loves us so much. Oh, he loves us so much, more than we can ever even imagine. But he truly wants us to stay on course and to deal with those things in our lives that allow him to help us deal with those things in our life that need to be taken care of. Uh, my computer has this, um, 
this um, what do you call, antivirus uh, software, and every now and then I get this uh, message that says something like your computer is experienced clutter and uh, slow down. So and, uh, and I never do anything about it. We don't want to do that. <laughs> Y'all do that too. <laughs> we don't want to do that in our lives. When the Holy Spirit shows us that there's some clutter, there's something that's slowing us down. We, we want to pray, and we want him to do. All of us have it. You know, I, I, I think, I think the, some people think that uh, we don't have issues. We all do. That's why Jesus came, to save us, to die for us, and to forgive us of our sin. But he doesn't leave us where we're at. And so, what would it look like for us to deal with throwing off everything that hinders us. I mean, like right now in our lives, what would that look like? Would it, would it look like if we would deal with the sin we know that's in our life? Well, it would be a good thing. It would help us to stay, to stay on course, which is what Jesus wants us to do. So what, what do we need to throw off? What do we need to throw off because it's hindering us? And we need to be set free. We need to be set free. Jesus gives us everything that we need. And when we look at this 12-2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, when it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. When we think about what he endured, that we might have this abundant life that he's given us. No matter what we go through in this life, it's nothing in comparison to what he's done for us. That's why some of us have been in hard places and have had to deal with some things but it's because we live by faith. We know that we are overcomers. And we know, too, that we have a great champion who understands everything that we've gone through. And he's cheering us on. I don't care what it is. A health issue. A loss of a loved one. whatever, broken relationships, whatever. If we did the worst thing we could think about in this life, it makes no difference to him because his grace is sufficient. He died on the cross for us. Praise be to God for his goodness. Preston, stay the course because it, we will receive a reward when he comes back again. Let the church say amen. Amen. So we're going to sing that great hymn that reminds us about the hope that we have. My hope is built on nothing less. 